Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti, along with T. Frank Carr. T. Frank, it is blue-white week. It's the spring. That means the sun is out. We got... Oh, wait a minute. We got, we still got snow on the ground, but... Putting the white in blue-white week. <laughs> there you go. I like that spin to it, but it should be much better by Saturday, I hope. Fingers crossed for that, T. Frank. But this is going to be our blue-white sh- preview show. We're going to be talking all about the game coming up. Before we do that, I just want to remind you that in partnership with Collegiate Athletic Travel, we at Keystone Sports are offering you the opportunity to travel to Auburn for the Penn State-Auburn game in September. You get a charter flight, stay at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, a tailgate party, and guess what? Dustin and I will be along on the trip and even recording our show from down there, and you'll get a chance to participate if you want. Give us your questions. You'll be part of the show. So if you want to know more about the trip, get all the information, just go to athletictravel.com or call 800-788-4414 for the scoop. All right, T. Frank, time to talk blue-white game. The first most obvious question. How do you feel two teams when you don't even have 10 healthy offensive linemen? <laughs> yeah, uh, you don't. So that's how that's going to go. Well, which, which leads to the question, just how, how are they going to run this game? I know James Franklin has hinted about modifying it a yeah. bit. What do you expect to see? Uh, so the last we talked to him um, was a week ago as of the airing of this show. So he said, you know, we're over a week out. I can't really make any determination about that when we don't know who we're going to get back or who we're going to lose. So we can deduce two things out of that with some context clues that Penn State is currently or has not had the full complement of their offensive linemen, but none of them are season-ending injuries, and they are expecting them back some point in the immediate future. Um, but with other potential losses, because if, if you start losing players at a position, it, might, it, it behooves you to just continue to assume that's going to happen until it doesn't. So there is a small percentage chance that they will be at full strength for the blue-white game, but it's unlikely. because. And I made this analogy earlier, or I made this example earlier in the week. If, you, if Penn State lost three, at some point. So that they're they're down three offensive linemen. They only had 11. So now you're in a situation where you can't field two full offensive lines. And then on top of the fact that Salim Wormley is not full go because he's coming back from an injury, you're automatically at the minimum of 10 for full contact drills. So um, he did mention something about what they've been doing in uh, in their scrimmages that are closed to everybody on Fridays is they have been going uh, the one offense versus the two defense or whatever the combination is there. 
breaking to do a special teams period and then coming back and then having the twos and threes or twos and ones or however they're breaking it up so that the same offensive line gets a blow in between drives because you're not going to get an effective offensive line if they're out there for 17 or 20 straight plays. So you, that is something I would expect of you're not going to see drive, punt, drive. It's going to be drive, punt, special teams unit, make something maybe a like a mid-inning minor league baseball game event, and then the, the team will come back out. Okay. I was guessing that they might just, instead of fielding two different teams, just have an offense and a defense. You know, the offense is wearing blue, the defense is wearing white. Sure, yeah. And the offensive line, you know, if you have eight or nine guys, you could field one team, one offensive team, you couldn't field two. Yeah, just but you'll still have as much as possible. You'll still have the first team offense and the second team offense, the first team defense and the second team. So you have you have the third and fourth string of certain positions, but you don't have that all the way through the depth chart. So that's the that's the right. real problem is how do you get those guys work? How do you evaluate those players when you don't have a fourth string uh, offensive line? And and that's really kind of the. For for fans that are watching the game anyway, you've checked out after the first two drives of the blue white game. Like let, let's let's not pretend you were getting serious and you were watching in depth the fourth string running back who is a preferred walk on and uh, you've never heard of him before. Even in the recruiting, if you follow recruiting, you've never heard of him before. And this is not to disrespect that person. I was friends with the brother of that guy when I was in college. So I know the Darren Thompsons at the bottom of the roster. It's just to say that most fans don't care. So uh, once we get past the first and second team defense and the first and second team offense, that's where it's going to get creative. And you got to get a little bit creative with the first and second team offense because of the, the offensive line. T. Frank, are you forgetting that that fourth or fifth string walk on running back is typically the MVP of the blue white game? Yep. So he's the star. And by so that yeah, point, you're going out and playing stump in the in the tailgate uh, lot anyway. <laughs> well, you know, I, the, I'm i coming in for the blue-white gate. Well, let me rephrase it. I'm coming in for the blue-white tailgate party, yep. okay? <laughs> the, the, the game is a little bit secondary. But with that said, you're still I, – I think what you – you attend the blue-white game or watch the blue-white game looking for certain individuals yes. what they're going to do. So I'll avoid the obvious positions at first. And and since we started with the offensive line and the shortages there, and that has been the subject of conversation, well, it seems like for years now. Yeah. What do, what do you... You know, as a guy who knows how to scout these things, it's a little bit different because they're shorthanded, but are there specific things you're looking for from individual linemen? Um, that the, the trenches are a bit tough because, you know, I watched a couple of the other spring games and, you know, teams that don't have depth issues on their offensive line. And they were going to thud when it came to they weren't tackling anybody let alone the quarterback. So how hard is the offense and the defense? How hard are they going in these situations? But, you know, you know, if there's things I want to know, I want to watch Jimmy Crist play football if he's available. If he's one of the offensive linemen that's, that's available, uh, how does he play? Because they have him, I believe, at left tackle, which is, you know, not where I projected him after watching him in high school and kind of watching his development curve. Um, to see him at left tackle, 
I want to see how does he move, how does he move in space, what is his flexibility, kind of just getting a, a base scouting report on what he is now. After the last time I saw him, he was a senior in high school, you know, for an extended period of time. And then other players just kind of, it's it's a base profile of guys you've not seen before. So I'm not really looking for anything specific out of Landon Tangwall because I know what I'm getting there. I don't feel like Ola Fashanu is going to be tested by anybody necessarily in this game. Um, because Penn State is thin at defensive end. Like, if he were to be bad in the uh, blue-white game, that would be a problem. Um, so I should say that. If there's anybody that is a problem, that will show up. Uh, then it's just, you know, seeing guys we haven't seen before. Because even when we go to practice, we don't get to see everything. And we get to see very little from an informative standpoint of what is available. We're, we, we get to see positional drills and special teams. So we're not seeing plays run one versus twos or twos versus threes or anything like that. So truthfully, from an evaluation standpoint, we are pretty much where all the fans are. Um, and it's it's one of my problems I've had kind of with this new model since uh, the, the since the pandemic of what we're able to view of practice is that we're getting very little. Like I'm playing the looks like game when it comes to the players that we're getting to see. So this is going to be a largely informative thing of, okay, who looks like what? And and kind of get a base evaluation on some of these depth players that Penn State fans want to know about and we want to tell them about. And so that's going to be a lot of what I'm doing on Saturday. I would imagine, though, with the offensive line and the issues they have, this isn't going to be about, here's the five guys we're going to see come September and how no. well they play as a unit. No. Right? No, because half the guy or some of the guys that they want to be a part of that starting unit aren't here. I asked James Franklin about that of um, are the players that are there getting more work and getting more integrated in year two of the offense? Or is it that there aren't enough players to get a real good synergy up front to really take a step forward? And he said, well, the guys that are there that are getting reps are great. We wish all of them were. But then he went on to say, guys are arriving in the summer that are going to be a big factor in this. So, you know, it sounds to me on reading that, and again, reading context clues, the guys that they want working are working, Um, but they don't have the depth right now to get everybody uh, the same work the same way they would traditionally. And he did make a point to say that, like, it can affect the other positions of running back, tight end, quarterback, wide receiver, if you're not careful and they haven't let that happen, they've made sure that everyone else is getting the same work and getting to progress in the offense and feel comfortable in what they're doing, uh, even with the shortcomings up front. Let's shift to another position. Uh, we're all excited about running back. Want to see Nick Singleton, want to see Katron Allen, you know, the true freshmen who are there. How much could you learn about them in this kind of game you mentioned when you go to practice you see very little I would think at least something looking like a game or looking like a scrimmage this should be a better indicator of what those guys can do oh yeah 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 I mean spend the whole week talking down the game and then I'm going to be like check out my film evaluation after the game and uh so yeah there are things that you can see and that's why I go to the individual level of okay Nick Singleton, we saw him do it in high school. What does he look like against college players? Um, something that I have been able to see a little bit more of that I want to see in live reps is their their work in the passing game. He's shown pretty good in practice that he can catch the ball and it doesn't look like a struggle. Now, Catron Allen looks better at it 
But what do those guys look like in real time when there are linebackers and there is a it's not a perfect throw from the quarterback who might have some sort of simulated pressure around him. So I'm looking for more of those things because I don't have any questions about Nick Singleton, the runner or Catron Allen, the football player and the runner. It's more about the ancillary skills that get you on the field and keep you on the field. And then I got to throw in there, I got to see Keziah Holmes at some point. And this is the time that I'm going to get to see him because who knows by the spring or by the fall what the depth chart or what the pecking order might look like. So uh, those are the three guys I'm really looking at that position. And those are the things I'm looking for from them. You kind of beat me to the punch by bringing up Keziah Holmes. And as we run out of time here in the first quarter, I'm going to say let's pick that conversation up in, in segment number two because I'm curious to see what, you know, Keziah Holmes, like you said, where is he in the pecking order? What role might he play? And also, you know, Devin Ford, the old guy, is yeah. still around. Are, are they going to carve out any kind of role for him? And might we see some indicator in this game? We'll – Pick it up from there when we come back, T. Frank. Attention, Penn State alumni. Trustees Ted Brown, Bill Oldsey, and Barbara Duran need your support. Your alumni trustees have fought to debunk the free report and to honor Joe and Sue Paterno. And they led the charge on an unprecedented tuition freeze, saving students and their families thousands. Independent leadership for a better Penn State. Re-elect trustees Ted Brown, Bill Oldsey, and Barbara Duran. Vote trustee ballot positions 238. Request your ballot at trustees.psu.edu. This is Jen from Collegiate Athletic Travel. We've been offering travel to the biggest Penn State games for over 50 years. This fall, we continue that tradition in partnership with Keystone Sports Network with a trip to the Penn State Auburn game. Join us for charter flight, staying at the team hotel, transportation to and from the game, and even a great tailgate party at the stadium are included. For more information, go to athletictravel.com or call 1-800-788-4414. See you there. 